0: Hey everybody, this is Bishop Brian Gallardo and you're listening to the LifeGate Church Podcast where we lift the name of Jesus and empower every listener. For more information, please go to lifegatekc.org or briangallardo.com about today's message. And again, I was in prayer and my personal devotion with the Lord and the Lord began to speak to me and show me what he wanted me to communicate about today. And I was reminded of a story of when I was a little kid. I went to this church for a short season with my grandparents called House of Prayer. And it was your traditional Pentecostal church. The carpet was bright red and the pews were bright red. And it had that Pentecostal wood smell in there. Kind of like what our church smelled like before we painted it. Praise the Lord. And uh, I had a problem. My problem was, Jeremy, this is so embarrassing. But I'm going to tell you, I had warts all over my hands. And it was so embarrassing. Like, I invented the fist bump before the fist bump was ever a thing. This was like 30-something years ago. And, and people would come in for a handshake. But I was too embarrassed to give them a handshake because of the warts that were on my hands. So my grandma, she started praying for me. My grandma, she is a prayer warrior. I mean, if I was a demon, I wouldn't be anywhere close to my grandma. Because she lives right. She loves Jesus. She's a worshiper and she don't play. Like my grandma's very, she don't play. And so she laid hands on me and began to pray that God would heal me. And so we went to church this specific night and there was an electrified evangelist there by the name of evangelist virial, not serial, but virial. And he, he got up to the pulpit and right before he started preaching, he did one of these. He got a weird look on his face and, and he said, the spirit of God would say, I'm like, "Uh Oh, God's about to do something new in here. He said, there's somebody in this congregation about of 200 people, and you have warts on your body. I said, are you a comedian? This ain't funny. And he said, if you will stand right now, God's going to heal you. Not one person stood up in that entire sanctuary. All of a sudden, I felt my grandma's presence. Not the presence of the Lord, but grandma's presence. She was sitting on the same red pew that I was on, and she did one of these. <laughs> so I stood up in that sanctuary, Brother John, and I, he said, young man, I was the only one. I was humiliated and so embarrassed. Like, I'm like, Lord, you're not funny. And he said, I want you to come down here. We're going to pray. I was like, well, God, you better heal my warts because, you know, this is so embarrassing. So I walked down, he said, where's your warts at? I thought, that's kind of a dumb question. Like, like you know, what if there were an, a place that were concealed? I said, they're on my hands. So I put out my hands like this, and he poured oil on my hands, and he began to pray. I mean, he was... I mean, it was fire, Holy Ghost fire. And I was staring, just crying in the presence of the Lord, my eyes closed, believing God was about to move on my situation. And he said, in the name of Jesus, amen and amen. He had his hands on my hands. He said, open up your eyes, open up my eyes. He goes, are they gone? I was like, well, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I can't see because you're, on, you know. He lifted off his hands and he put the microphone in my mouth and they were still there. I said, uh, no, sir, they're still there. I was so humiliated. I said, God, you're not funny. I kind of got mad at Jesus in the moment. I got in my car and I was angry. I was just a kid. I was mad. I was like, Lord, how are you going to embarrass me in front of 200 people? Now the whole church knows I got words on my hands. It's okay, you can laugh. And my grandma and grandpa knew I was upset and they said, it's okay, honey, God's going to do it. We prayed, the preacher heard from God, and God is going to move on your situation. I didn't believe it. Well, I went, I went to bed that night, and I fell asleep. I was mad. I told the Lord, I said, like, I can't believe you did this to me. And I still got these dumb warts on my hands. They're, they're not there anymore, but... I still, got these still, I still got these dumb words on my hands. And I fell asleep, I don't know, probably 11, 12 o'clock at night. I had to get up for school the next day, probably around 6 o'clock. And somewhere between 12 o'clock midnight and 6 o'clock in the morning, the Lord did what he does. And he walked into my room because he's the God that's on the move. And somehow, supernaturally, when I woke up, the first thing I did was look at my hands. And unbeknownst unto me, they were completely gone, and God gave me a very my very first miracle look at your neighbor say god is on the move And I just came to tell three people in the room that you feel like you're in an embarrassing season. You feel like you're facing the impossible of the impossibles. But don't you count God out just yet, honey, because God always answers at the midnight hour. Come on, Paul and Silas. And the same God that did it for me is the same God that will do it for you because God never stopped moving and God is on the move. I dare you to touch three people and tell them God's going to move for you. God is on the move. God is on the move. God is on the move. Come on and say yes in here. Yeah, we serve a miracle-moving, yoke-destroying, mountain-moving, burden-lifting, chain-breaking God. And if God did it before he will do it now and he will continue to do it because God never stops moving he's not dead he's not asleep he ain't never had no funeral he didn't get up from and it is time for you to grab a hold of your faith and say God is about to move from my situation somebody say God is on the move Slap your neighbor, high-five, and say he's preaching to you, but you ain't acting like it. God is on the move. God is on the move. God, I ain't never seen God do nothing. It's because you never trusted him. God is on the move. God is on the move. You know what the Lord told me this week in prayer, Brother Carr? He said that there were marriages represented in our church that he was going to touch today. Because some of you feel like you're at the end of your rope in your marriage. But I just came to encourage you to let you know, married folks, God is on the move. And I hear you, Holy Ghost, because some of you single people are wanting to mingle. And the Lord said your spouse is on the way. Because in 24, we're going to have more. The, the door is going to be wide open, and God will be on the move. Come on. So if you're single or you're married, somebody ought to just shout and say Amen. Amen. Yeah, God is on the move. He's on the move. He's always moving. We're in a miraculous God-moving season right now. God was moving. Nobody was even playing. God was moving. Hebrews thirteen eight says this: Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. That means history. What did he do yesterday? With the breath of his nostrils, the Bible said, he parted an entire sea. He blew his nose and the sea opened just because he blew his nose. Like, what's he do when he gets up? I don't know. The earth trembles. If he is the same God then that could blow his nose and make the Egyptians die... Then he is the same God that can make your enemies be scattered today. If he's the same God that can make your enemies be scattered today. Come on, work be gone. He's the same God that can do it for you tomorrow. He's moving from your past. He's moving in your present. But baby, he's going to move in your future. If God be for, if God be for me, who can... Be against me. Somebody ought to say amen in here. Because some of you are living in a land of doubt but i came to encourage you today faith is on the rise some of you are believing no longer that god's gonna move for you but i came to push on your faith a little bit bring an air compressor to air compress your faith and to tell you god is on the move in your situation i dare you to stand up on your feet if you believe it throw your hands up in the air and say "Yes, yes lord come on say he's on the move so Christmas season, I love it. It's miraculous in Scripture. God was, was if God was not if God was not born the way He was born, God would not be a miracle worker. Timing was on the move with Jesus. Culture, government, environment, economics, all had to get into agreement for Jesus to be born. Galatians 4 4. But when the time, when the set time had fully come, God sent his son. Angels were moving toward the miraculous showed up to Zechariah and said, your sister-in-law is about to have a child and, and you're going to name your child John. Mary had an angelic visitation where Gabriel came and said, hey, chill out. The Messiah is going to be born through you. Shepherds were in the field shepherding and angels showed up to say it was true. Joseph had an angel come to him in the middle of the night and said, flee out of this nation. Angels were moving toward the miraculous. Mm. Somebody just say "Mm." Tell the sound person, mute it (laughs) Amen, amen Mm, It's still going on (laughs) Nobody knows what happens sometimes You just start hearing notes play in life Come on Some, Some of you are so sick of the tragedy You just need to sing a new song When all hell's breaking loose Come on in here Sing a new song unto the Lord the Bible said Come on bless the lord with your whole soul come on in here when you get down and out don't you stop singing you got to just keep on singing come on you got to keep on magnifying god when all hell's broken loose you got to keep on singing when it looks crooked and crazy you got to keep on believing and keep on believing that god is on the move in your situation don't you don't you lack don't you question the noise maybe the noise that you're hearing right now is god putting things together because god is on God is on the move. Look at your neighbor and say, move over. So what are you doing, Bishop? We're making room for God to do something. I love it. I love sporadic messages where the Holy Ghost just interrupts your stuff. Come on in here. Money was moving in the direction of the miraculous. The Magi had brought frankincense, gold, and myrrh, $2, 000, $2 million worth of modern-day value. But the supernatural started moving upon Mary. We know this because the angel said uh, uh, to Mary, who was a virgin. Now, for those of you that haven't taken human growth and development classes, virgins don't get pregnant. Y'all didn't know that? She was a, can you imagine a 13-year-old girl coming to church? Carrying a baby. And we say, honey, where's the dad? She says, oh, I'm a virgin. I heard somebody laugh. Because that's what y'all would do. So Mary freaked out. She said, what are you talking about? And the angel said, the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. And the power of the Most High is going to wrap you up in a shadow and impregnate you supernaturally. God is on the move. Here's what God does. He moves and he makes crooked places straight. Come on, he moves and he makes rough patches in life smooth." He moves and he makes dry places. Some of you are so dry in spirit, but he moves and makes those places oasises. I've learned about God. He can take a hurt place and move and make it a healed place. I've learned about God. He can take a concrete place and he can soften it up like sand. He moves and he churns the water into wine. He moves and he supplies with a few loaves and a few fishes. He moves and he heals the eyes of Bartimaeus. He moves and he sets the demoniac free of 2,000 demons because God is on the move. You see, God today is guilty. He is so guilty of answering prayer. He is so guilty of making a way out of no way. He is so guilty of hearing us when we cry. He is so guilty of seeing us when we hurt. He is so guilty of moving on our behalf. God is on the move. He is moving because he's not dead. He is moving because over 2,000 years ago they tried to kill him. They put him in that tomb but three days later he got up and the same spirit that resurrected him, honey the Bible said going to resurrect you. He is not a dead God. He is not a sick God. He is not broke God so you don't have to be a dead saint you don't have to be a sick saint and you don't have to be a broken saint God is on the move find three people and tell them God is on the move right now come on get up get up get up get up get up get up get out of your seat touch two people and tell them God is on the move come on all half of you didn't do it stand up on your feet if you're able touch go to two people and tell them God is on the move prophesy to him he's about to move in your economics he's about to move in your body he's about to move in this church he's about to blow your mind in 2024 god is on the move yeah 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 he's moving right now he's shaking us right now god is on the move my business will succeed my marriage will succeed my future looks bright because God is on the move doors of favor are opening God is on the move doors of promotion are opening because God is on the move somebody say yes say yes Yes. say yes Yes. thank you Jesus come on give them two seconds of praise in the room today hallelujah move on me jesus move in our church jesus move in my spirit jesus move in my prayer life jesus move in my bible time jesus move on my pew jesus move down my road jesus move in my marriage move in my house move in my family god is on the move somebody say yes of your faith is so imploded you can't even say yes they're like somebody say yes Yes. say yes Jesus say yes to your plan yes Yes to your will move in my life in the name of Jesus hallelujah Hallelujah. can I, I gotta give you some bible gotta give you some bible I know that Bible's right. Let everything else be a lie. Man, I feel the presence of the Lord in here today. I never been to no church like this. There ain't another church like this. I never seen no preacher preach like that. You never will see. There's only one of me. Thank, thank God. My wife said, Praise the Lord. I can only handle one of him. Praise God. <laughs> there's only one of me. Mark chapter 1. Jesus called his first disciples. James. And he called his brother John, who were the sons of Zebedee. (laughs) And then at the same time, he called Simon Peter, his brother Andrew. And all four of them were fishermen. Now, they weren't fishermen like we go on fishing once a year with the the fishing pole we bought at Walmart. Not not that. They owned a fish. These guys were fishermen. They were business owners in the fishing industry. Okay? They knew what they was doing. And Jesus said, drop your nets, follow me. I'm going to teach you how to catch men. And they're going to follow the kingdom and they walk into the synagogue together and Jesus stands up and he just starts teaching. I don't know what he was teaching, but he starts teaching and all of a sudden this man starts manifesting a demon. Well, I don't believe in the supernatural. Well, then you don't believe the Bible. Right. Right. Yesterday, day, forever, same. He starts manifesting a demon in the church. And Jesus says, come out. I wonder if he said in my name. No, I'm kidding. He just said, because we would say, come out in the name of Jesus. I wonder if there was anything left. Just come out. He just said, come out. Because God is on the move. Everyone was blown away by this, and his fame spread throughout the entire area of Galilee. Everybody knew about Jesus, what he did when he was on the move. See, we talk more about what Jesus isn't doing. I got convicted about this. I told the young people Wednesday night. I I I stopped saying Gen Z's problem is. Everybody talks about how bad they are. Gen Z's good thing is they're radical. You'll get what you speak to. They're going to be radical for Jesus. Alpha's going to stand up and be radical for Jesus. Come on in here. God is on the move. So then in Mark chapter 1, here's where I'm going to take my text today. And I'm going to preach to you for three hours, and we'll get out of here. Praise the Lord. Hope you DVR'd the game. Don't tell me who wins. If the Chiefs don't win today, I'm going to go over there and bind the devil. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do seven laps around the stadium, and then shout for the walls to fall. And Elder Matthew's going with me. Praise the Lord. Mark chapter number 1, verse 29 through 31 says that. After Jesus left the synagogue where he cast the demon out, with James and John, they went to Simon and Andrew's house. They went to a house. Jesus, the son of God, is coming to your house. Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. Now, back then, they didn't have, like, Tylenol. It could kill you. This was major. And she was a woman, so he shouldn't be going to a woman because in Jewish culture, a Jewish rabbi or teacher didn't talk to women. They begin to tell Jesus, they told Jesus. I want you to see that right there, jump out too. They told Jesus about her right away. They told Jesus, what are you telling Jesus about today? So he ran to her bedside. He went to her bedside. He took her by the hand and he helped her sit up. Then the fever left her. And she prepared a meal for them. Now, this mom has got something in common with you and I. She got problems. Anybody got problems? Some of you rode to church with them today. Praise God. She had problems. <laughs> Her problem was sickness, laid out, in a high fever. But every person here under the sound of my voice that's lived longer than a couple weeks is going to have problems. You might be facing an impossible problem today. You might be in need of emotional healing because of trauma today. You might be in need of a miracle in your own life. All of us in this room have a request of the Lord. Come on, I don't know about you, but I'm a needy Christian. I'm always needing Jesus. Come on, I'm always needing him to answer. Anybody else in the room, Lord, I don't know how to do this. I need you. I need wisdom as a pastor. I need wisdom as a bishop. I need wisdom as a dad. I need need you to help me. Give me wisdom as a husband. Anybody in the room? I'm a needy Christian. The moment you stop being needy is the moment you stop seeing him move. Come on in here. All of us need a miracle, including me. In 1999, I was shot in this eye with a bottle rocket, And I immediately lost my sight, I blacked out, I was in the hospital for two days because it put a blood clot in my head, tore my iris, my pupil broke, it wouldn't open and close. And I couldn't see anything. And the doctor said, you're going to be blind the rest of your life. So I didn't believe that. I didn't believe what he said. I mean, I believe that my eye was blind because I couldn't see. I believe my pupil was broken because I couldn't see whatever he said about the condition I believe. But I didn't believe I'd never see again. So I did something. Now, when we say these things as leaders, you, people hear us say something we never said. What I did is I got a seed of faith. A mir- I call them miracle seeds. I've talked about this a little bit, when it hurts to give it. Now, back then, I was making $19,000 a year as a youth pastor before taxes. And I gave $1,000 as a seed for a miracle breakthrough. You can't buy a miracle. Come on. I wasn't buying a miracle. But I was taking my faith to tell the Lord, look, this faith that works is dead. I'm taking this seed, and I'm aiming it toward, aiming it toward a miracle. I had to lay in bed flat because of the blood clot in my head i went to bed one night after i gave that seed and i woke up uh, this was probably about 30 days after i had given that seed this was in 1999 and I, I opened up my eyes and for the first time i opened up my eyes i could see the room out of that eye and god, god miraculously touched me i had to go in for surgery and they repaired the iris and they there was a cataract that had formed on my eye and when my wife and I had first gotten married, they did that surgery. It was back in 2004 because we got married in 2003. And so they did it the year after we were married, making it five years after the time when that eye got shot. About 12 months ago, I settled that to lay foundation. So they, they gave me glasses, prescribed me glasses, and I was seeing 20-20 with glasses, praise the Lord. From being blind the rest of your life to seeing 20-20. Well, 12 months ago, Elder, I, I started noticing in my right eye then I, I, It was getting cloudy and cloudier and cloudier to where, again, I can't see out of it again. It's completely blind. And so I, my wife kept saying, baby, you need to call the doctor because, you know, I almost got in a couple of accidents. I keep spilling coffee everywhere. I'll go to grab something or I'll go put my coffee down and I can't see what I'm doing. It just falls on the floor. It's happened like five times <laughs> this week, she says. <laughs> I did it twice yesterday, twice in a row. And so... Um, So I went to the doctor finally, and the doctor said to me, he said, "Um, when you can see the balloon, go ahead and let me know. I said, okay. He said, you should have saw the balloon. I said, can't see it. Let's go to a different machine. We go to a different machine. He said, you're going to see a big, bright blue light when you see it. Let me know. Didn't see it. He said, you should have seen that blue light. I said, I didn't see no blue light. He said, come into this other office. We sat down. They put that thing on the wall with the letters on it, and he put the big E up there. And he said, what do you see on the, on the screen? I said, nothing. Yeah. He said, um, let me look at your eye. They did a laser viewing of it and took a picture of it. And he said, on the back of that lens that they inserted when they did the cataract, I'm just telling you all this because I'm about to see a miracle. Yeah. And, and so he said, he said, there's like a webbing on the back of your lens that has developed from this, from this lens insertion. And most people that have cataract r- surgery don't live long enough to get that. And he said, you got that when you was your young man. He said, so what has happened is that there's a webbing that has gone on the back of that lens that they put in there. And he said, you need to have another surgery, but we can't remove that lens. We're going to have to go in there and scrape all that off of there. I said, you ain't scrape what? Scrape? I said, uh-uh. give me another miracle seed. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know. And he sa- I said, what are the chances of that working? He said, I don't know. I said, he goes, I don't have a percentage for you. I was like, like, is it like 5% or like 95%? You know? He goes, well, I really don't know, and you probably have the chances of developing glaucoma as well, which would eventually make you blind. <laughs> uh uh-uh. I said, uh-uh. He said, let me explain to you a little bit better. Legally blind is 20, 200 20, vision. He said, your vision on this eye is 2,600. I said, uh 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 I'm about to go to the bank. I'll be back in a minute. About to get me another seed. What I'm trying to tell you is everybody in this room is in need of some kind of miracle. Now, your miracle may be bigger than mine. Mine might be smaller than yours. But we all need God to move on something. Some of us can say, if you don't make a way, it's not going to work. If you don't breathe on this, we will not see it. If you don't manifest your goodness, we will fail. But I came to tell at least three people today who's in need of a miracle from God. It might be healing. It might be deliverance. It might be breakthrough. God is on the move come on say it god is on the move i double dog dare you to say it again god is on the move he's gonna move for you he's gonna move for me he's gonna move for this church god will do what he said he would do he is the same yesterday today and forever somebody say he's moving i dare you just to say it he's moving for me he's moving in my situation he's about to breathe life into my miracle God is about to do it supernaturally in the name of Jesus God is on the move shall yes yeah 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 are you gonna doubt it? no I'm gonna trust him because I can trace him he did it 20 years ago yesterday he's going to do it now he'll do it in the future and just like Shadrach Meshach and Abednego if he doesn't he is still God he is still healer he is still deliverer he's still my breakthrough he's still going to make a way out of no way because God is on the move I wish you'd cheer like that for the Chiefs hmm Somebody say yes. yes. Four things very quickly. I want you to see this because it's important that you know. First thing we see in the story is Jesus went to her house. And I want you to know Jesus is coming to your house. Amen. Jesus went to their house, and he went to her bedside. He's coming to your house. He's coming to your bedside. Now, if any of you ladies are like my wife, she don't want nobody coming over unless the house is spotless, and she has her hair done her makeup did and she's presentable Jesus didn't wait for her to get her hair done See some of y'all trying to fix it for the Lord you're trying to make it work and god said why don't you just move over and let me do this like i'm not you ain't got to be perfect you ain't got to get it all together i know your hair looks a mess i know your eyebrows are off your eyelashes you ain't got them on lately you look a mess i know you look you look you look messy but but god is in the business of showing up in a messy barn for people who ain't got it all together and i just came to encourage three people that you feel like you ain't good enough for god god comes to your bedside when it's the messiest come on he is a god of." Gr- Help me, Jesus. He is a father. There's a difference between a father and a coach. And some of y'all got coach Christianity. You're on the playing field, and you feel like the better you perform, the more the coach is going to see you. But that's not Christianity. He's a father, and he sees you just because he loves you. For God so loved the world. He's a good, good. Somebody say yes. Somebody say yes. So he goes to her house. Secondly. Jesus takes her by the hand. Oh, Lord, this is going to be too much for some of y'all. Some of y'all already went to go see the game. He takes her by the hand, Jeremy. What does this mean to us? It means he's going to take you by the hand. Watch, watch this. Sorry, camera people. But watch this. Taking somebody by the hand means this. Girl, you look good. What was I saying? I don't know. (laughs) She be distracting me and stuff. What are you doing? I'm leading her. I'm not looking at her. I'm looking. I'm, I'm looking ahead for her, and she got her eyes on me as I lead her. Come on, some of, some of y'all some of y'all trying to tell Jesus how bad you are, how messed up. But he ain't even looking at you. He's looking at your future because your future is bright. And he, he took her by the hand. He's going to take you by the hand. You know why? Because Psalm chapter 23 tells us, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Come on in here. He is a leading God who leads us into prosperity. I shall not want. And some of you are trying to figure all this out on your own. And the shepherd is saying, take me by the hand take me by the hand take me by the hand get your hand off of everything and let him take you by the hand. come on in here and say yes if you want God to move in your life you got to take him by the hand and let him lead you let him guide you let him be your Shepherd look at your neighbor and say God's about to move for you Shepherd Shepherd the Lord is my Shepherd This means to wipe my bald head. The the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Companion. You're not by yourself. Single mama, you're not by yourself. Come on, senior citizen, your kids forgot about you. You're not by yourself. I shall not want. I love what this means. If you look this up in the commentary, it says, you will supply all my need and all my want. My want. Godly want. I started telling the Lord this week what I wanted. What are you looking at me funny for? I want one of these. I want it one that way. I want it this way. I want to drive this one day, that color. I want da-da-da-da-da-da. I just started telling him. The other day I was praying for Ms. Kaya. And, and I remember who was with her. I said, I said, Lord, send her a husband in 24. And I, I, said, I said, but let him look good, Jesus. I said, let his breath be good, Lord. Let him have a good business and a good job, Lord. Don't let him be lazy, Jesus. Let him drive a nice car, live in a nice house, make lots of money in the name of Jesus. You better tell the Lord what you want and be specific. Come on in here. Some of you have been praying, some of you have been believing God for a cake, but you ain't even asked him for a donut. You better be specific in what you're wanting from the shepherd, because he's going to lead you right to it. Why? Because surely goodness and mercy is going to follow us as we allow him to lead us all the days of my life. Somebody say it. yeah! Oh, I see. Some of, you are so, some of you are all so Presbyterian today. Look over. Everybody look over your left shoulder. Look back there. Everybody look over your left shoulder. Come on, look over it. Some of y'all can't even do that. We're gonna pray for healing for your next. All right, look over, look over your right shoulder. Look over your right shoulder. We said, What are you doing? If you can't see surely goodness and mercy back there, honey, you need to come to this altar today because goodness ought to be following you. Mercy ought to be following you if God is leading you. God is on the move. See it. I can't even. I can't teach that whole part, help me, Holy Ghost number three. <laughs> Not only did he take her by the hand, he helped her up. Yeah. Some of you feel like you can't get up. Your faith can't get up. Your dreams can't get up. I don't know who this is for today. You feel like every time you try, you, you do good for three months, you serve God, you come to church, you do good, and you just get knocked down again. But I came to tell you today, the season of knockdown is going to be broken. I know who that's for right there. I said the season and the cycle of knockdown is about to be broken, because God's about to take you by the hand and He's about to help you up. He's about to help your marriage get up. He's about to help your purity get up. Come on in here. He's about to help your victory get up. He's about to get your joy to get up, your faith to get up, your 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 energy to get up, your deliverance to get up, your authority to get up, your faith to get up. 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 Get up look at your neighbor say you better get up God is on your side come on in here it's not a big big devil and a little little God we serve a big big God when there's a little little devil it's a little devil that's fighting you but God is bigger God is bigger God God is on the move I know what you expect expecting for, but in 24, I'm expecting big stuff. I'm expecting big platforms, big altar calls, big deliverances, big miracles, big healings, big breakthroughs, because God is on the move. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Well, preacher, the Lord helps those who help themselves. That's the biggest bunch of unbiblical, demonic trash from the lake of fire I've ever heard. You ain't Jesus. You, you can't help yourself to heaven. You have nothing to do with it. God doesn't help those who help themselves. God helps those who know they can't help themselves. I know I can't be free on my own. I need, I'm a needy Christian Jesus. I can't save my eternal soul. I'm not good enough. I need you, Jesus. I need the shepherd taking me by the hand and helping me up. Look at your neighbor and say, you're about to get up. Come on, you're about to get up. And the, four, the fourth thing, and in closing, in conclusion, the fourth thing that the Lord showed me about this little portion of Scripture I've never preached before ever in my entire life, never preached this text in my entire life, the fourth thing that Jesus did, was he put her back? Oh, this man, this right here, Chris, this right here, messed with me all week long. It's been messing with me. Mark 1, 31, Look at look at the word. Then the fever left her. She got back to work. <laughs> Come on. You can't do what God has called you to do, hurting. can't do what God has called you to do, married couple who's called to minister to other married couples if your marriage is laid down broken. On, you can't minister to single people, single person if your life is in shambles. You need God to help get you back up, to get back to work. Come on in here. The Lord spoke to me and he said during this whole last year, he said you can either heal or hate. I said, I don't even want to talk to you right now. He said if you don't heal you will become hateful and you'll be a cynical old bitter preacher with two people i said well i i better get my soul right <laughs> i better heal so i'm not hateful and some of you in this room you've been so broken life has hurt you yes you were victimized yes you were a cause of racism yes he left you yes he abandoned you yes he walked out but if you do not heal you will walk in hatred that's a word for somebody today There's too much at stake. God wants you to heal because you're the only one that can serve him on this planet the way that you do. It's called the power of restoration. Come on in here. Her job was not to be laid up in bed. Her job was to be serving the people, cooking them meals, waiting on the tables. And some of you haven't been able to serve your metaphoric meal in life. Because hatred is in your heart. Pain is in your heart. You can't get secure because your daddy walked out and you know, I hate that that happened to you. Come on. You can't get secure because you was raped or molested and I hate that that happened. I know you were victimized. I see you. I know he cheated on you. I know he betrayed you. I know they abandoned you, but if you do not let God heal you, you will walk in hatred. God is on the move. Preachers have hurt you. Parents have hurt you. School officials have hurt you. Social workers have hurt you. Teachers have hurt you. We've all hurt people because that's what we do. Come on. But if you don't let the Lord heal you, you'll never walk in your assignment. We can pray for you until we're purple in the face. But until Jesus does it. But the good news is God is on the move.